Hello there listener, hope you are an Android developer. My name is Artem Zinatulin and you're listening to The Context, episode number 5. Today we have Hannes Dorfman. Hi man. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, and reminder, since previous episode, Hannes is a co-host of the podcast. And as a guest today we have Joe Birch. Hi Joe. Hey, uh, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. I- Let's, Hannes will answer this. <laughs> <laughs> well, in today's episode, we are going to talk about a topic which, at least from my point of view, didn't get the attention it deserves. Um, we are talking about Android TV. I'm really excited to have Joe in this episode talking about and explaining some things about Android TV. So, Joe, you are an Android developer based in Brighton, right? Yep, I work, currently work at an agency. Um, I'm yeah, an Android developer. Been doing it for about four years now. Cool. And people may know you from articles you have written, featured in Android Weekly, and some other open source projects on GitHub, like uh, Wineyard, a wine client for Android TV, Bourbon, a Dribbly client, and some other showcase projects on animations and data binding. So we will add a link to the show notes. And if you haven't seen that, please check them out. They are really good. Okay. Anything else we have missed or do you want to add, Joe? No, that all sounds great. No problem. Good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so for our listeners who haven't used Android TV before, can you please explain what does it looks like uh, from, you know, user's point of view? So we could, you know, just uh, imagine it better before going deep into development details. Yep. So for those that aren't aware about Android TV, um, it's basically Google's solution to the smart TV platform. Um, came out around, well, it was announced back in 2014. Um, it kicked off with Lollipop. Um, and it's basically, it's exactly the same as all the other devices we have that are running Android on them. It's just another part of the ecosystem. And it essentially acts as a dashboard um, and feeds in recommendations to the user for media content, such as videos and music. And as well as being able to see those recommendations on that dashboard, they also have instant access to their application library, which again could be anything from media to games to music. Um, and all of this information is displayed on a single dashboard, which is the home screen of the Android TV. And from here, they can either access any of those or simply um, search for something using their remote control. So the idea of Android TV is that dashboard is basically the central point of access for all of the content on the Android TV device. And its aim is to make it really easy and simple to just sit down and start watching something or open an app um, with ease. And since when uh, are you actually developing for Android TV? Were you there since the early, early days or um, when do you get started with Android TV? I got started, um, I attended a, a Google code lab in London about a year and a half ago. Um, it was in, yeah, a Google campus in London and sort of they just sort of run us through a tutorial on building out Android TV and I kind of just fell in love with it at that point and I really enjoyed building for that that platform at that point. So we got to take a little Android TV box home 
and since then it's about yeah since about a year and a half ago I've just been toying around a bit and making little apps like you mentioned um haven't built anything commercially but um the open source stuff I've built um is other things that I've worked on for Android TV and do you have an Android TV yourself or you're testing on the emulator yeah so I've got um what's called an ADT1 development box. I know Google sent them out to developers oh. for them to play with. Um, I've also got a Nexus player. Um, I think Google are discontinuing that. It's not as powerful as the development box. Um, oh, really? Yeah. A, it's a pity. I really love the Nexus player. I use it every day. It's quite a neat device. It's good. I find it's good for like simple applications, but I've tried to play a few games on it and it just really struggled. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, there are like, there are some new ones coming out. Um, I know Xiaomi are releasing a, a, they're, I think they're a Chinese company, a, a something called a Mi Box that looks quite promising. Oh yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, but other than that, I've, I use the emulator sometimes for development. Um, it's fine just to test things and if you want to have a play around, but I find that sort of owning like like when you're developing for phones owning the actual device itself and interacting with that real device and sort of feeling feeling the application as you ha would use it is sort of a bit more better um sort of easier to develop on what would what would you prefer like uh, a separate tv box with android tv on it or uh, a tv with android tv as an operating system on it um I think me myself, I went for the box, um, just because I already had a TV. But I think I would still prefer a box, just because. I guess if something gets out, if something gets outdated, say if you've got a TV and sort of they discontinue it or, or something, for whatever reason, then your TV's sort of, that that's it. You you've. You've got that TV, and this, the oper operating system one is out of date, or if the TV is not going to be updated anymore, then you can't really do anything about it, and you have to buy a box anyway. Oh, damn. Uh, so what's the what's the the thing with Android TV? Is it a regular Android um, operating system, or is it a different platform? And how does manufacturer um, modify that, or are they even able to modify them, or is it like? Uh, Android Wear, where they don't have that much um, possibility to modify the core of the operating system. So it's yeah, it, it's a great question. That's so it's, it is similar to that of Android Wear. So they don't, as far as I know, anyway, that they don't have as much flexibility in customizing it. Um, for example, like if you check out the Sony Android TVs, they look they're exactly the same skin that's used on the Nexus player. Um, the only thing that's customized about it is that Sony have their own apps on there, but it looks and feels exactly the same as um, as the the stock Android um, TV device. But um, but yeah, the the actual software itself is exactly the same Android operating system that you'll find on your phones and Wear devices. It's just um, using the Leanback library and a different um, kind of layouts. Just that's designed for the TV viewing experience because obviously it's quite different than the environment when you're using your phone so mm -hmm. it's just like another layer on top of that cool and and what is minus decay for Android TV so the minimum SDK 
is um, so Android TV was released with Lollipop. That was the earliest version um, that was released. With, so you you would only be supporting Lollipop and above. But the Leanback library um, is actually packaged into a support library, and I think it supports down to seventeen and above. So that's I think it's four point two. But um, so, but I don't I don't think that's necessary anyway because the I, I don't think there are Android TVs that um, come with that low of an OS anyway. Mm-hmm. And and what about uh, OS updates? Like uh, you know, what is the current version of Android on Android TV, and how the do manufacturers you know uh, how often do they release updates for it? So the current version of I think it's six point I think I've got six on my Nexus player, but I think there's a um an uh minor update, so the six point one or six point zero one that is available. Um and obviously because that's a stock device, that gets updated quite frequently um as soon as Google push updates. And because and the good thing about like we were saying before, where Android TV is restricted in the same way that Wear is to manufacturers, um, I imagine I don't know. I don't know this for sure, but I imagine because, for example, the Sony TVs, they, they don't, they're not customized in terms of the UI and the operating system, so they should also receive updates just as quickly, um, maybe a tiny bit later than those of the stock devices. I don't know how true that would be for every manufacturer, though. Um, I know Samsung like to do their own thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's let's jump into into some more details about how actually to code or program for the Android TV. So you said there's the Leanback library. So could you give us a short overview? What what does the Leanback library offers, and which components in general are you going to use when you program for Android TV? Cool. Okay, great. So the Leanback library is basically uh, a dependency, that, a library that Google have made. That basically provides a set of class and util- classes and utilities for you to get building Android TV applications really easily. So, the Leanback, the reason it's called the Leanback library is because of the Leanback experience, where you're sitting lying well, on your sofa and you just want to lean back and start watching the TV, sort of chilled out. So, the aim of this library is to provide a set of classes for to make it easier for you to develop those screens on your TV. So to begin with, it provides a set of fragments, such as a browse. There's a browse fragment um, there, which basically allows you to display browsable content to the user in the forms of lists and grids, and also categories. There's also a search fragment, which allows the user to search for content and, again, display results on the screen, which they can browse through. Um, there's there's things for the playback controls, which is again a fragment. Um, there's also things like uh, an error view. So Android TV doesn't use um, di- well, you can use dialogues, but you shouldn't because it's not very nice on the TV screen. Um, so it provides things such as an error fragment, so you can display messages to the user. And there's also other thing- things that are quite useful, like uh, a guided step fragment, which allows you to to display a list of options to the user. And they can sort of maybe change settings for applications and such. So really, it's just trying to make the developers' lives easier by providing a collection of out-of-the-box components. We do. Okay. Still, 
So we, we do still have access to everything else in the Android framework. So all the standard views and the components, but it's just about if you are going to use them, then it's just about knowing how to adapt them for the TV environment. Yeah, so for instance, you don't use RecycleView. Well, you could use RecycleView, but usually you don't use RecycleView, right? Um, well, not uh, not out, not as it is. So, for example, the there's a, the Leanback library um, has a fragment called a vertical grid fragment, which displays uh, basically a grid of um, content to the user, and that actually uses a RecycleView. Um, I've I've never used a RecycleView bespoke on Android TV. I've only used the vertical grid fragment. So there's the I imagine the vertical grid fragments we're doing some magic underneath the hood to sort mm -hmm. of adapt all the TV. But you're so, not implementing the traditional RecycleView adapter? No, no, I'm not, no. Um, is there a special class or what exactly are, are you using in, on Android TV? So there's um, these things called um, an array object adapter, which is part of the Leanback library. And this array object adapter is essentially an array list of items we wish to display. Um, so we can add, say, uh, some video objects to that array object adapter, and then from that array array object adapter, um, our fragment can uh, read those read those objects that are in there and basically display them on the screen for us. It is essentially as easy as just telling the fragment what data you want to display in within that list, and it will just display it for you. Um, oh yeah, and that's called presenter, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Yeah, so again, that's part of the Leanback library. There's a, it's called a, yeah, a presenter class, and it basically okay. defines how how we want our items to be displayed. Yeah, but don't get confused, dear listener. It's not like MVP presenter. <laughs> it's it's also presenter, which yeah, I guess it makes sense to call it presenter because it's responsible to present something, but actually it's a little bit more like an adapter or view holder kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, the wording on that one is a bit confusing, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's right. And I guess the main reason why they have this own component and not a traditional recycler view is because there is no touch display, right? So how yeah. does this component works like, or how does the controller actually works on a, on an Android TV? So yeah, because we don't have any touch screen on Android TV, we essentially have we just have a D-pad controller, so the user can move in one of four directions, and the way the way it works is we basically display these all our content inside lists and grids so our user can work down like horizontally or vertically through those lists of content um in saying that and um, it's basically like focus-based navigation so there's always an item on focus that's in focus on the screen so i i can browse through using the directions and the focus on the item that I'm currently on will become clear to me. So because it's a TV environment, say I might, I might look away or I might start talking to a friend. And if I turn back to the TV, then I can see exactly where I was beforehand. Um, and that's really important because there's no cursor on the screen to easily depict where I am and I'm not using my fingers to move around. So having a sense of where I am on the screen is important for the user. Mm -hmm. And um, more about development things. So, is it real to have one app uh, made for both, you know, phones, tablets, and for Android TV? And let's say 
in a separate flavor in the project or it's better to do it as a completely separate project? So yeah, you can um, you can have an app that supports, say we have an app that supports both phone and TV. Um, the way you can do this is inside your um, applications manifest, you can um, declare what's known as a lean back launcher. So when, so say if I have an app and I've launched it on my TV, then the system will, will basically request uh, a, a lean back activity. And if I've declared a lean back activity in my manifest, then on the TV, that's the activity that will be launched. So it is possible to have an application that supports both platforms in one APK. But I guess for me, it's really, it depends on the similar, like how much is shared between the two. So say if there's a lot of, maybe a lot of logic and the TV, the TV app isn't going to, isn't massive, then maybe it's, it's fine to have them in the same APK, but you don't, I guess you don't want to make the APK like mm -hmm. huge if there's like a shed ton of code that's for the, just for the TV, then that's where it might be more, um, more sensible to have separate APKs. Yeah, we also had the problem at the, at our company I work for that we wanted to build a single APK, but actually, as you have mentioned earlier, the, the min SDK of the Leanback library is 17 or 18. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. And we are actually targeting uh, min SDK 14. So that was the first showstopper for us <laughs> to, make, to build one APK. Um, on the other hand, what I've heard and listened in the docs, it would be great to have a, one single APK because once the user installs or signs in with his um, Google account um, on his Android TV or Nexus player or whatever, all the apps will he has on his phone will be installed automatically. So it would be great for you as developer or for you as company to have yeah, your uh, app on out of the box installed on the on the on the Android TV too, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah the the min SDK was was really a problem for us. But um, I have seen your Bourbon project, and in this Bourbon project, you um, you built some kind of the same app for all platforms like Android TV, Google, um, yeah, Android Wear, for the phone and tablet as well. Um, could you yeah. share some some insights on this? How how have you achieved that? Which design pattern have you chosen? Which kind of architecture? How have you separated your your modules? So is it only in a single module? So please give us some some insights on that. Okay, so yeah, so Bourbon um, was a Dribble client I made. So as you said, it supports phone, wear, and TV. Um, so I use an MVP architecture um, approach. So basically. Uh, the way I've done it is I've got my free apps and I've got a, what I've called a core common module. So each of the apps is in its own module. And then I have this fourth module, which is a core common. So this module basically houses everything that is, um, is used in each of the apps. So the apps will do the same thing. So I thought, why not share, why not share everything? So the data models are shared, um, everything to do with, sort of creating the um, stuff like interfaces for retrofit is shared. Um, all my observables are shared from my data manager. Um, a lot of my um, dagger injection modules and components are shared. 
Um, and the great thing about using MVP is that it allowed me to share basically all the views and presenters that were defined for my classes. So within the actual um, applications themselves, the only thing I had to write was either the activity or the fragment that was being used. And then, so after I, I made the mobile application, when it came to making a TV application, pretty much oh, oh, well over half of the work was already done. Obviously, it wasn't it wasn't walk in the park, but I, I literally just had to make the activities for the TV and all the network requests are already defined on the models. And it was all done for me already. Um, okay. another, another good thing about having the presenters shared was the tests that this core coin module also holds the unit tests for the presenters. So I was also I had to only write those once. Oh, yeah, that's great. And you also had some project. Um, I guess it was Hacker News, where you used the data binding and some model view, view model stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And probably going now, but yeah, would you would you say that the model view presenter works better here with to share the code with, as you have said, the presenter with the Android TV um, UI, or would you say that you could also achieve the same thing with model view, view model, or any other architecture? I guess, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, for MVVM, like you could, off the top of my head, yeah, you could easily share the view models um, in a in a car module. Um, and again, the models and everything else, I guess you, the only thing you'd have to define is, is the activities, which are the views. Yeah, and, and you could even share things like the adapters where necessary that I've defined. Yeah, I didn't. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, there's for MVVM. I guess it would work. Um, but but then the layouts would have to be kind of the same, so at least have the same ideas. Otherwise, the data binding engine wouldn't be able to bind them correctly. Or yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, thinking about it, you'd you'd, you'd have to. Yeah, well, I'm not sure about. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. It'd be interesting to look at. Um, I hadn't thought of that, but maybe that's something I should look at. Um, I'm not, not. I wasn't a massive fan of the MVVM as much. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, and yeah, I, I prefer MVP a lot more. Yeah, makes sense. Well, you can have MVVM without uh, data binding engine. I mean, from support library, you can, you know, use more um, Rx Java reactive approach like Rx binding, and implement this mm. binding uh, i mean move uh, this binding a little bit more to the view layer so you won't depend on view ids in the presenters or in the view models so yeah that's true should work yeah that would work um yeah. maybe maybe you can fork the project and oh. see how it goes <laughs> well yeah that's, <laughs> that's an idea for somebody um so um, is there a Google Play store on Android TV? And I actually, you know, I was in a Sony, um, in a Sony store in some shopping mall and I saw an Android TV from Sony and I was able, uh, uh, so, um, uh, how it's called. So the consultant in the shop, he said me that you can install apps like almost any apps, uh, which are suitable for Android on Android TV. Is it true? And how, how does that work? Um, so there's a not 
<laughs> I don't think you can officially. Not that I know of anyway. So on the Nexus player, like when I've gone on the Google Play Store, the only apps available are the apps that are for Android TV. It's it's the same as when you're trying to install mm. an app for where if it's if it doesn't support that platform and you can't install it. But there is such a thing called sideloading. Um I think it's called sideloading where you can you can get an app on your Android TV that lets you install apps from your phone. Um, this, uh, yeah, like for example, this I've used this because Android TV doesn't come with a web browser, so I, so I've used this to sideload a web browser oh. onto my TV, um, and the same for email clients. Just just to <laughs> like obviously I don't really use email on my TV, but it's just to play I've around. Turned it into fully um, you know Android operating system. Like <laughs> Yeah, trying to make it into a workstation. <laughs> Sounds good. And can can you root Android yeah. TV? Um, haven't tried it, but um, I imagine so. Yeah, you, you, yeah, like like I said, it's the same as the phones, um, same Android system as your your phones and other devices. So, if you want to root your TV, <laughs> then go, go ahead. But <laughs> not being held responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so since there is a Google Play Store on it, uh what from your experience what uh, business model do most of android tv apps use like you know paid free subscription freemium all that stuff yeah um so like there's not a massive amount of um apps available on the, the play store just yet so there are there's a there's a fair few but not massives um and the ones i have seen do are generally free um So in terms of like the multimedia ones, like um, music and TV, most of them are free. Um, some do have paid versions as well. Um, I think there's a couple of radio stations and I think there's an Italian TV station my mum uses that have a, have a free version and a paid version. And the paid version just has slightly more features. Um, I haven't seen subscription models, but I do know, I do know some people use ads And the weird thing with that is that because Android TV doesn't have a web browser, <laughs> like it's kind of a bit, <laughs> it's kind of a bit pointless because the ads don't work. <laughs> yeah. So unless you, I haven't, I haven't tried this, but I mean, you could, with the correct intent, I guess you could link to the Play Store if you want to um, link to ads for other apps. I have, when I was speaking to someone from Google before, they did say something about um, they are looking to, to, to support like have native like a native app model so that applications can show ads if they want to um but i haven't heard anything else about that yet so i guess it's not coming out anytime soon <laughs> but um in terms in terms of paid apps i think they're mostly games were mm -hmm. and there was quite there was a fair few bunch of games that were paid for but like i said there's not not a massive amount of apps like phones so It's hard to sort of make that judgment just yet. So it's it's really yeah, a good experience to play games. So sorry, Hannes, on Android TV. No, go on, go on. Oh, is it a good experience? Um, yeah. <laughs> so so the Android TV does does support a gamepad. Um, it doesn't come with the box, mm. but you can buy like a gaming controller, which I played a couple of racing games, and they were actually quite good with the gaming controller. But um, those games also support the the d-pad controller which wasn't much of a great experience like trying to drive a car with a d-pad was a bit a bit of a pain 
So like if you're buying it for gaming, then I'd recommend buying the gamepad. Yeah, and I have played with friends a, a quite an old game. It's called Bomb Squad. Oh yeah, that one. And yeah. That was incredible funny playing on the TV because yeah. um, actually there's a second app made by the same guy which uh, enables or makes your phone as a controller for Android TV and it was incredible funny to play that in, yeah. in our living room with four friends on the big screen. It, it was it was really a great experience. I really loved that, that yeah. game and on the TV it was um, it was really, really funny. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing about Android TV. Like it's, it's sort of like it's very social sort of helps bring people together rather than having people sit on their phones doing their own thing. That's really yeah. Cool. Yeah. And what do you think in general are the, the kind of apps should be developed for Android TV? Because for instance, the company I work for, we have a customer which is basically a, a magazine, a soccer magazine. And they wanted us to build, I don't know, some kind of news magazine app on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make that lots, yeah, that that much sense. But you know, they they, it's better for them to build an app instead of being late to the party here. Yeah? And so we we build a prototype, but at the end it was really published, and they changed mind to to build that app for for sports bars and pubs. But yeah. with sports bar really has a as a TV and not showing live games there to have a second TV showing running Android TV running this app and so what in general would you would you say makes sense to to develop an app for which kind of business or which kind of company would you recommend to build an app for Android TV well I think like the the obvious things like media like uh, video uh, music sort of make sense and games like that's an obvious thing that's what the TV is made for um, There's other things such as um, like photos um, and for, for example, in the case of that company you just spoke of, I think if, if there's like a, if there's a news company and that is their, their newspaper or magazine, then an Android TV app could kind of be a companion to that, like more visual, like strip out the text and just make it about um, imagery or because the ma magazines have photos. So maybe they just have like a, a companion app that is just for photography or something. Um, I think, like at the moment, there's it, not not many companies are really. I think I'm not sure why. Or maybe people are like scared to try something new. But most of the apps that exist are just things like I said, like games and um, video and sound. But um, I actually I made a concept the other day for like uh, fast food. I don't know if you yeah, saw it. Yeah, it was um, amazing actually. Yeah, so being able to um, order fast food from your TV. Um, I don't see why that wouldn't work. Um, you've got all the, you've already got the, um, like I said, the lean back libraries do half the work for you. Um, you can support Android Pay, and with with the uh, there's in Android N there's a feature called picture in picture mode. So if you if you leave your plate if you leave what you're watching, then you can minimize it to a small window. So doing other things like ordering food or maybe ordering a train ticket or something something simple whilst you're still watching a TV show would be great. And I think I think any task which is a simple and quick task, such like I said, such as ordering food or ordering a train ticket or booking a seat somewhere, um, would suit the TV if done correctly. Um, I think there are some sectors of the, the thing that wouldn't work. Like I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do my grocery shopping for my TV because that would take ages. <laughs> but um, but small small and simple tasks I think would work perfectly. 
yeah, it sounds like this. And um, you mentioned that Android TV has some recommendation system. Uh, so uh, what, what role does it play in Android TV user experience and how can you, as a developer, you know, use it and wh what is it? So the, the recommendation system is basically on the, on the home screen of your Android TV um, box. You're basically, the top row is um, a list of things that um, maybe you, you might be interested in watching or, um, or say if you start, if, you, if you're watching a TV show, then maybe it's the next episode. So this recommendation system is basically there to suggest content to you to carry on watching. Um, so like I said, it's either maybe you're continuing content. So like um, if, you, if you're halfway through a film and you go away and you close your TV and you go back on it, then you maybe that will be um, at the top and be like, oh, do you want to carry on watching this? Or maybe if you're a TV show you finished watching last year and there's a new season mm -hmm. out, then Android TV would let you know on that content row. And maybe even related content. So you watch The Walking Dead, so you might enjoy Breaking Bad. So there, it will show you a card there with Breaking Bad. Like, so it's content there that you may you may be interested in, or it's just again just making it easier for the user um, to jump straight in there. And the great thing about recommendations is that any apps you build, you can tie into this service. So I think you can display up to like three um, free cards. So in the case of Vineyard. Um, I don't do anything clever, but when there's new vines um, that are downloaded in, in a service in the background, I basically push them to the recommendation system and they're displayed on the home screen. So your apps can tie into this and you can, you can bait you. There's like, there's different properties you can set on recommendations. Like, um, so it that determine how far up they show in the queue. Yeah. This is interesting actually. I mean, this is probably the the most uh, interesting experience in using Android TV, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's cool because, like, like I said, you you can turn your TV on, and there could be something right there for you that you want to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and I know I don't know if they do this, but I know because basically you're using your same Google account as your phones and stuff. So you're so I know how Google sort of keep track of everything that you're either searching or or whatever. So maybe you make a search on Google or you watch something on YouTube on your phone or you, you download a certain thing on Spotify, then because you're on the same Google account on your TV, there's no reason why that recommendation system isn't going to be based off of the things that you're doing on your phone. Yeah, exact, I had the exactly um, impression of the recommendation system quite now um, during the European Championship. Um, I have some app from a local German a TV broadcaster installed and now during the, the European Championship, football championship, I, I get some lot of recommendations about highlights of the game last night and some some other stuff around the European Championship and it's it's really a great experience. Mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand I have to say that before that European Championship has started I basically just get some YouTube recommendations which I wasn't really that interested in. Yeah. To, to watch them but yeah i guess it depends on the apps you have installed sorry sorry yeah. quick question uh is youtube app is quite same as it's on phones and tablets or it's completely different app uh i think it's it's similar it's it's, it's it obviously it's got a different design to mm -hmm. it um it's got yeah it's got a slightly different layout i think um 
it, it yeah like it's it does look a bit different but i'm i'm not sure if it's exactly the same um, i haven't used it in a while oh, really? <laughs> because this is uh one of my use cases when i you know i'm not so fancy as you guys but i only have <laughs> you know chromecast and usually i use it for youtube yeah it's quite similar i mean right? the thing is yeah it's 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 got the lean back design so the whole um like the categories on the left and the easily browsable content um the the only thing is like if you want to search stuff then it's a bit of a pain typing it in on the tv oh. if you if you don't want to speak so that's when i guess using your phone and then chromecasting it is probably easier oh if you will speak you will speak to the remote control oh <laughs> google now <laughs> activated on my phone shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you can so the, the 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 remote control that comes with the android tv um has a has a little microphone button so you can push that and you can sort of you can search from anywhere that's the idea of it mm -hmm. And and there is a, some you know standard right between uh, different manufacturers that they have to comply for uh, remote controls and and that stuff or not. Yeah, I, I guess I guess it's not like a, I'm not sure if it's a standard as such, but um, they sh most of the controls I've seen do have the standard D-pad control, the select back and home. Um, there are a couple of variations because on Android TV you can you can listen for. Um, all of the different key events because for example the, the gamepad controller has um, four shoulder buttons and has an options button and obviously has the d-pad and then has four action buttons so there's a lot more to listen to and as a developer you, you do have the ability to listen to all those key events mm -hmm. so there's nothing stopping um, manufacturers including more buttons on their um, remote controls if they want to interesting so you said earlier that in your Vineyard uh, application, you did some background fetching of new of new uh, wines, or whatever is it called. I'm not really familiar with wine, to be honest. And <laughs> <laughs> um, is it actually possible to receive push notifications on on the Android TV platform? Um, I've never used it. I never had a need to use push notifications. But um, my assumption is that because it's Google Cloud messaging, and as we previously discussed um the it's running exactly the same version of android so there's nothing stopping you using push notifications um i've seen a few people do it and to be honest it doesn't look very pretty them coming up the top of the tv <laughs> um so it is possible but um i don't think it's a recommended thing to do because none of the official apps do it um yeah i don't even know how to display a push notification right i mean there's no status bar yeah exactly yeah i mean it would be nice because in like in that concept i made for dominoes um there was i did have the idea of using push notifications but you could do something else um i'm not maybe sure maybe as a recommendation but, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah like um there is a there is a, a hacky notification app that someone made that shows notifications as recommendations <laughs> um <laughs> so, but um but yeah like in that on, on the subject of that, Android TV does support pretty much um, everything that the phone does, other than the things like the touchscreen, the telephone, NFC, um, and other sensors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, now I want Android TV actually. And the <laughs> next question I had is should we buy Android TV as our next TV? And I think yes. 
<laughs> yeah, we've, we've answered that one. No, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think like it is still early days, and I think that's why um, people, not many people have it as, um, not many people have Android TV because it is early days, and the number of applications you can get is quite minimal. So I think people's argument is like, oh, what am I going to benefit from it? What can I do on it that I can't do on my phone already? Mm-hmm. Or what, like some people say to me, what's what makes it different from Chromecast? Which is is a valid argument at the moment because mo- a lot of the apps on Android TV aren't too dissimilar from our phones um, in terms of what we can do with them. But I think I think it'll be interesting to see what people do um, as Android TV grows even more. What people do with it. Yeah, definitely. And can I use Android TV as a um, casting device like Chromecast? Yeah, that's um, yeah. That's one of the great things about mm-hmm. it is it has Chromecast built into it, so you can um, easily cast content from your phone to your Android TV without needing to have a Chromecast plugged in as well. And how uh, how fast uh, does Android TV start? Uh, because Chromecast loads like you know a minute or something like this, which is not very great TV experience. Yeah, it's pretty, and uh, haven't timed it to the exact seconds, but it's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like um, within, um, it's a lot quicker than phones. Um, my Nexus player turns on within within uh, like less than 10 seconds easily. Um, yeah. And it's there, just ready to go. Um, yeah, I was really surprised when I started to first time the Nexus player that, yeah, ex- exactly. It started in, in kind of five seconds or something like yeah. that. And I was asking myself, is this really the same Android <laughs> operating system running on, on my yeah. phone? Or, yeah, um, it, seems, it seems a bit fishy. But um, yeah. yeah, and as soon as you turn it on, like the recommendations are loaded and your apps are there and it's pretty much ready to go. Um, I think that's, again, one of the arguments about what makes it good to have over Chromecast is it's a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually I also have the impression that as if you use Android TV as Chromecast or as cast device, um, you have a more stable connection than with the original Chromecast or the, or the second generation Chromecast. Oh. I, I, at least in my environment at home in my living room, the, the connection doesn't get interrupted that often or has some some other problems as with the Chromecast device. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't own a Chromecast myself, but um, I can see I can see that being the case. Yeah, definitely because I. Sometimes I just hate my Chromecast. When I try to stop YouTube or something, it just may not respond. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of I think one of the the good things with the Chromecast is having having the control, um, having say for example like the software keyboard on your phone, and you can you have that to use um, when you're Chromecasting. Um, I think one of the things this might be going off topic a bit, but um, being able to use your um, use your software keyboard from your phone of your TV, um, I think some people have done it using sockets. But I think something if Google could provide that out of the box mm. um, to allow us to interact with our applications using our phone easily, um, I think that is a big one of the big differences um, and sort of gives us the upper hand over using a Chromecast. Yeah, that would be great actually to try to use it as keyboard. Great idea. I think it's a great idea for a paid app, actually. But not sure yeah. if APIs allow that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
there's an idea for, there's an idea for you for the weekend <laughs> yeah yeah one last question joe about the latest changes in android n um, yes what what was introduced you mentioned picture in picture before um could you also give a brief summary or forecast from your point of view where android tv is going yeah so um so android n seems a couple of new features for android tv and the first one is called picture in picture so it basically provides in with our playback controls it provides us an icon that we can click in order to minimize our current viewing window into the corner of the screen and this then allows us to our user to basically um free roam through that android tv maybe order a pizza or or view something else or check check their check their email or whatever they want to do on their tv um and so they can move around as they like and then they can easily go back on this little window that's been minimized and bring it back to full screen so similar to how on our set old set top boxes when we used to be viewing um tv um tv schedules and we could still watch the tv in the corner of the screen so it's kind of mimicking that behavior so our users always consuming content and sort of their viewing experience is never interrupted. That's the idea behind that. And, and then the second one is, uh, I haven't looked too much into this, but it's TV recording. So basically your applications can tie into the TV recording service of Android TV. So for example, in Vineyard, I could um, allow my user to record Vines to the Android TV box and then rewatch them at a later date. Um, yeah. How so how do you record a Vine on Android TV? I, I get well, I, I probably wouldn't record a Vine, but <laughs> if your <laughs> if your app is providing like a, a TV program, then it, you can allow users to hook into the TV recording service. Oh. I think it's in preparation for um, things such as TV channels um, getting Android apps or or tying in more into the actual TV itself and replacing the standard sort of. Um, set-top recording boxes that we find in our shops these days. So I think it's trying to make a move to replacing those. But um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what's to come, like like I've said before, um, I think I think it'd be really interesting to see what people do. Um, now we have, I think, picture in pictures is a, is a big is a is a big thing for Android TV because it it, it makes us feel more familiar with like I said, the things when we are browsing schedules on our old set-top boxes, we can we can still watch TV while do, doing other things. And I think it will be interesting to see what people do with that and sort of the other apps people people explore and building, such as the retail sector or mm, um, yeah, just purchasing things and more, doing more than just browsing media. I think it would be interesting to see what gets done with that. Great. Um, one last question from me. Uh, yeah. How do you pronounce your nickname and what does it mean? Because <laughs> uh, if I try to read it, it will be hit here joy. It's like you were in a fight <laughs> and you said somebody, hey, you hit hit here. <laughs> what, what is it? So, um, so I literally, it's funny how much that I get asked that. It's actually, it's actually hi there, Joe. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I made it like ages ago. I think I made it when I was like 17. Um, because, and it's just stuck just because it, it was all my accounts were high there, Joe. So I just kept it. But literally, no one, you, no one says it as high there, Joe. <laughs> literally, it's, it's either hit there, Joe, or or something else. And it's like, oh, 
but it's too late to change it now because all my accounts use it so <laughs> people have just got to learn it <laughs> so i was the first one who tried to pronounce it as three separate words or not um no there's okay. been there. <laughs> afraid not no it, i feel it, better <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't worry about it <laughs> okay that was very nice episode thank you a lot joe great content. no problem been a pleasure yeah. chatting Thank you, Joe. Cool. Yeah, Cheers. So... Good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm stopping recording. Thank you, listeners. And uh, Joe, 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 wait, wait, wait. Please yeah. uh, promote everything you want to promote, like, you know, your blogs, your Twitter account, anything, because the content is really amazing. And the theme you, uh, your recent blog post about, like, something like code is not equal to life, it was it it's a whole separate you know topic for for another episode so mm. I, i definitely recommend uh, listeners to read your blog and pl please yeah. promote anything you want yeah okay well my yeah uh, my twitter's at hi there joe my medium account is again at hi there joe and <laughs> my github is github.com forward slash hi there joe so <laughs> feel free to uh yeah check out anything on there i'm quite active on those accounts so um and appreciate any feedback or opinions people have got on the stuff I'm building, be it good or bad. Okay, great. Thank you guys for recording and I'm stopping it.